Snowman Podcast. Welcome back to the Snowman Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the Snowman. Well, folks, it's time for another episode focusing on the current events of the world. Well, at least some of them. Seems like you can't even floss your teeth before a flood of news stories and events rock the globe. So, we're going to do our best to focus on a handful of topics, including Disney and their executives' lack of morality, President Biden's ever-sinking approval ratings, and how his vice president can't seem to keep a single staffer employed, it seems like. We'll talk a little bit about COVID and how the individual states handle the crisis, and a handful of other issues, including a local issue that has sadly slipped under everyone's radar. Oh, and uh, one other thing I'm going to be doing that is not something I typically do, I'm going to be calling out some of my fellow conservatives. These are not people I know directly, but their decisions are something that I cannot agree with, and I feel like they need to be called out a little bit on it. I'm not going to be mean to them. I'm just going to be pointing out a few things that they are not considering. So, a lot of stuff to get into today's episode, which we will begin right after this small montage brought to you by Spring. All right, all right. (laughs) That was just a little bit of fun. I wanted to play that for you just to get a chuckle out of you, which I know some of you started to or were given that confused look of what is going on right now. But it's true, right? All of us sneeze a lot during this time of year. Some due to allergies, others due to whatever. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, it all of us sneeze. It's just a way of life. But uh, I just wanted to make you have a little bit of a laugh before we got into things too much. Um, now, one thing I did want to cover today, but simply cannot due to time constraints, is... The Oscars and that whole debacle. Folks, there's a lot that can be said, but by this time, it's not worth rehashing. I will say this. I'm going to cover this in more detail down the road on another podcast that I'm going to produce where I'm going to be talking about some of the greatest comedians of all time and how they made us laugh till our sides hurt. Oh, goody gumdrops. That will be coming to you at some point, most likely over the summer, only on the Snowman Podcast. So, with all that being said, let us commence to talking about our first topic. COVID and how the states handle them. Oh, boy. Okay, so this story was published by the Daily Mail, and you can find it at dailymail.co.uk forward slash the states failed protect people dash COVID. It is written by James Gant, and he begins with the following headline. 
quote, proof that blue states did fail their people during pandemic. Harsh lockdowns caused huge death rates, ruined kids' education, and destroyed businesses. Bombshell research finally shows, with New York, New Jersey, California, and Illinois all receiving an F grade. So he begins with the following, quote, States that imposed the harshest lockdowns had the most devastating impact on the public. The most wide-ranging study into COVID restrictions in the U.S. to date has found. New York, California, New Jersey, and Illinois were panned for their pandemic performance after bringing in draconian measures to shut their citizens in their homes. Nine out of the ten worst responses to the pandemic were in blue states, the report said, with only Republican-run Maryland bucking that trend and coming seventh last. End quote. Overall, that means 45th. And also, just a quick note. Um, folks, Maryland is more or less a blue state, so don't let that headline fool you. Maryland has a red governor, so-called, but her House and Senate are firmly in the blue. So do not think that Maryland is in truth a red state. It is not. <clears throat> Back to the story. Quote, Utah, Nebraska, Vermont, Montana, and South Dakota were also praised by analysts for their pandemic response, which did not cause more COVID deaths. Maine was the only Democrat-run state in the top nine best responses and came eighth overall. The Republican-led areas, which dominated nine out of the top ten places in the study, have seen their economies remain strong and unemployment figures stay steady due to fewer restrictions. End quote. The story picks up with, quote, co-founder Steve Moore told Fox, shutting down their economies and schools was by far the biggest mistake governors and state officials made during COVID, particularly in blue states. We hope the results of this study will persuade governors not to close schools and businesses the next time we have a new virus variant, end quote. So all of this news does not surprise me. I wonder if it surprised you or not. I saw this coming a long time ago, folks. I remember a friend of mine sending me a video of Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, saying that she was not going to shut down her state no matter what. You can shut down your businesses if you want, but she was not going to enforce state regulations saying that they were going to be shut down. A far cry from New York, New Jersey, Hawaii, uh, Maryland, Pennsylvania, District of Columbia, Connecticut, all of it. I saw it. I saw it firsthand doing what I do for a living. I saw it firsthand. And I saw kids miserable, miserable from having to stay home all day long, not allowed to go outside. They shut down every single major park, every single outdoor activity for people to do. And all these people got to do was sit on their couch and be lazy. And I hate to say it, but it is called COVID weight. A lot of people gained a lot of weight due to COVID restrictions. All they could do was sit and do nothing. So that's what happens. All that did was cause a higher rate of fatalities because the top contributing factors to COVID deaths were elderly people and overweight people. I am not being mean by saying that. I am stating the facts. People were not allowed to go to gyms. 
Owners were fined if they tried opening up their gyms. People couldn't go play tennis where they are far apart from each other. But no, you might cause and spread COVID. That was a load of bunk. People weren't allowed to watch sports because all the sports complexes were shut down. So that made people more miserable. All these decisions were just disastrous for people's morale. And I know that because I saw it firsthand, like I said just a couple of minutes ago. I saw it firsthand. Kids I know were flat out miserable. And they told me all the time. I'm a youth leader at the church I attend. On all the while, I heard kids saying, doing virtual school sucks. I can't see my friends. I'm miserable all the time. Depression got to all-time highs. It was just a utter disaster. And that is why you had this rating. Maryland, they got a D. One tier lower, one state lower, Illinois, got an F. The biggest thing is, all of those states, and yes, I'm going to just include Maryland, all the states were in the bottom 10 were Democrat-run states. Hogan is a liberal Republican. He's a disaster in every essence of the word. He's done only a handful of things that I agree with or am appreciative of for him doing it. But overall, he's a no-good, lousy Republican. So, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you are surprised by those stats... Contact me. Um, I'll be willing to talk to you about it if you were like, that. that this doesn't make any sense. I, I've heard something else. Do, do you remember how they treated Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida? He was the boogeyman. He was the most evilest governor of all 50 governors because he dared to let people make their own decisions. He dared to let people walk outside and do stuff outside. Meanwhile, they praised and all hailed Andrew Cuomo, the former governor of New York. But everyone was praising Cuomo. There were some lunatics in the media, and I, I can't call them anything but lunatics. Trevor Noah hosts The Daily Show. He is a sick-in-the-head moron because he said, I'm changing my pronouns to Cuomo Sexual on his Tinder app. One, Tinder, yeesh. Two, Cuomo Sexual, are you kidding me? That is sick, that is depraved, that is nonsensical. So, all these people were saying, oh, that's so great, That I'm going to do that also. They are lunatics. They are in their own little world. They don't give a dang about what you do on a daily basis. They don't care that you can't go work out. They don't care that you can't go see friends. They still did it. And uh, old Andrew Cuomo's uh, kooky brother, Chris Fredo Cuomo, as Rush always called him, Fredo, he was one of the biggest liars when it came to COVID. He said, I'm quarantining down in the basement. We all know he wasn't. 
he actually got busted by a, just a guy on a bike saying, hey, he just happened to be biking and he saw Chris Cuomo at a piece of property. And it's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be quarantining, aren't you? This is early on. I mean, like, this isn't like, uh, like the first couple of months of COVID. So no one knew what they could or couldn't do overall when they had COVID. Um, could they stay put or could they go outside as long as they weren't in close contact with, but he was doing all of that before what people knew what could happen. And he got livid with this guy. And then he's like, I'm just coming out of the basement. I've just done a workout. Folks, that man is a lunatic in and of itself. And he's now out of a job. How about that? So all in all, the COVID reports are in. Hopefully, people will not go back to Stupidville. I don't know. I certainly hope they won't, but we shall see. Uh, all I know is that if they try to do anything, the American people have said, this is it. We are done. We are not dealing with this nonsense anymore. We'll be back right after this and continue on to the next topic. Did you see this? CNN Plus is shutting down after less than a month of being operational. They have been hyping this up for months. They are shutting it down already due to lack of interest. I'm not kidding. They had at best 10,000 subscribers to CNN Plus. The population of the United States of America is over 350 million. So... To have less than 11,000 is just downright pathetic. And that's what CNN has become. They have become a pathetic news organization. They were political hacks for at least 10 years, if not more, probably more. But I find it hysterical that they're already shutting down. Now, I also feel bad for the people who are just working there. They don't necessarily agree with what the news is they are just doing their job and i feel bad for those people but they are going to be paid for a few months looking around for other potential work either in cnn or in local businesses but you can check out the news story at cnn.com cnn shutting down their streaming service after less than a month of being in operation remember chris wallace from fox news <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he left Fox News because he was going to be the face of CNN+. Plus. He was going to be the new leader on streaming news services. Yeah, right. He's got a case of that. Whoops. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He is... He, he really did show his true colors during the debates between Trump and Plugs. I'll just say that. Uh, he was annoying before, but he really showed his true colors, and he knew it was the beginning of the end 
at Fox News. So check it out, CNN.com forward slash CNN shutting down streaming service. Okay, folks, so let us now shift over to the next item on the agenda, which is going to be talking about the current administration and their just disastrous approval ratings and what has been going on with them over the last couple of months. Uh, folks, this will probably be covered over a couple of segments, so let's get to it. The presidential heads up. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that guy's pain. All right, so, folks, I want to cover a story that happened now about a month ago. This is what happens when you do a podcast on your own. Time will get away from you, and when other things are going on, it's hard to cover the topics of the day, but this is one worth covering, and that is... President Obama's return to the White House. I'm going to be reading from two different articles, one from CNN, and then I'm also going to be reading an article from the Daily Wire. Okay, so starting off from the CNN article, the headline is, Like the good old days, Obama returns to the White House for the first time as Democrats look ahead to the midterm elections. This article is written by Kevin Liptak and Jeff Zelaney, and it was published on April 5th, 2022. So I'm not going to read the first few paragraphs because it just goes to show you that CNN are still Democrat hacks because all they do is slam Trump. And I will not be partaking in that part of the article because it has nothing to do with the article. But I just want to start off. It's a few paragraphs in. This article is available at CNN.com, so I would encourage you to go and read it. But Barack Obama returns to the White House to commemorate the 12th anniversary of the signing of the Affordable Care Act. And he did that along with so-called President Biden. And the first thing that happens, oh man, folks, you just got to hear it to believe it. And this is... Taken right out of the White House. Not kidding. Check this out. Vice President Biden. Vice President. <laughs> that was a joke. What in the name of Sam One Hill was that? Folks, I am not making this stuff up. I didn't splice all that audio together. That is straight out of the mouth of Obama. And it was a disaster. But everyone, oh, they're laughing it up there and having a high, highfalutin time with it. But it was a disaster when you think about it. Because this is a former president of the United States calling the current president of the United States Vice President Biden. Are you kidding me? This is an utter disaster, no matter who you support. That is an insult. And I don't believe that that was a gaffe. I believe that was quite possibly Obama saying he was still in charge. I will explain that in a few minutes, but let me get back to the article. So, the article where I'm going to begin with, starts off with this. Quote, Obama began his speech by addressing his host as Vice President Biden before quickly correcting himself. 
That was a joke, he exclaimed, walking over to give Biden a hug. That was all set up, my President Joe Biden. Two people close to Obama later said it had been a slip of the tongue and not how Obama had intended to begin his remarks touting the legacy of the Affordable Care Act. The episode hardly ranks high on the list of presidential gaffes that either man has had over the years, yet it did cause at least a few eyes to roll among Biden loyalists who have long questioned whether Obama views his successor as an equal. Biden and Obama were announcing steps the White House says will make health care more affordable, including closing a loophole that prevents millions of Americans from qualifying for subsidies. Still, that it took more than a year for Biden to welcome his former boss to the White House reflects his desire to stake out a presidency of his own. Even as the timing of the visit makes clear, he is not opposed to seeking help as Democrats brace for a bruising midterm election season. So, I'm going to end there, and I'm going to switch over to the Daily Wire. So, the Daily Wire's article headline is, Biden mocked over video of White House event. Literally, no one wants to talk to Joe Biden. End quote. And it is by Daily Wire News. If and when they announce who wrote it, I will try to give credit to them as they are properly due. But their headline... They opened their article with President Joe Biden was widely mocked on social media on Tuesday after a video appeared to show him being ignored by attendees of a White House event. Former President Barack Obama was in attendance for a ceremony marking the 12th anniversary of Obamacare as Biden signed an executive order directing federal agencies to do everything in their power to expand health care coverage. Video from the event did show that Biden was engaged with people who were gathered, but footage captured later showing him seemingly not being paid attention to by others, end quote. So they just compiled a whole bunch of different responses. I will let you go and read them yourselves. You can find it at dailywire.com forward slash news forward slash Biden mocked over video of White House event. So folks, they covered a little bit more in just... That And I'm sure most of you have seen this event. If you are a daily consumer of the news, or even if you aren't, you probably have heard that Obama returned to the White House. But where I'm going with this, folks, it was a disaster. And if you are a Democrat listening to this, I hope I have members of all different uh, viewpoints in this audience. I really do. But... If you are a Democrat, I feel sorry for your party. I truly do. This is just a disaster for Joe Biden. Biden is not there. I know I'll be, I'll be talking about this more a little bit later, but what we are seeing every day out of Joe Biden is just a disaster. And... I mean, I can't really cover it because it's just video coverage. It's not audio coverage. But Obama is going shaking hands with all of the different people in the audience. And Biden is literally tapping him on the shoulder saying, Hey, look at me. Remember me? I'm president. Talk, Somebody talk to me. He's literally sometimes walking around in circles with no one around him. No one is around him. Everyone's gathered around Obama. And this is the president of the United States? Give me a break. Every single day you think Biden can't do anything worse. And yet he does. It, he is just a, it, it's just, it's sad. And I'll be talking more about that in just a few more minutes. 
But, I mean, Obama wasn't even trying to help him. That's what they all say. Obama's there. He's greeting his best buddy. They're not best buddies. They're not best buddies. Obama didn't even endorse Biden when he was running. <laughs> and I think it said in the CNN article, how did it take over a year for Obama to return to the White House? How, how does that happen? All right. Let, let me uh, bring up two things for you. And the first one is, let's picture this as a Republican scenario. The best way to do that is to go back a few decades because that makes the most sense in my opinion. So let's say Ronald Reagan has left the presidency. He left office in 89 and George H.W. Bush takes over. And we all know that H.W. had nothing on Reagan. And so let's picture this. George H.W. Bush has been president for over a year. And let's say he brings back Ronald Reagan to commemorate an event. I don't know what I'm being hypothetical. And let's say that Ronald Reagan takes a spotlight. Intending to or not, he takes a spotlight. And H.W. tries tapping him on the shoulder and saying, hey, look at me. Look at me. I'm president now. And Ronald Reagan doesn't even bat an eye. He doesn't even look at him. And then H.W. is walking around in circles. Like I said, this is all hypothetical. This did not happen. But can you imagine what the media would be saying about that? They would be livid. Well, I mean, they're livid at Republicans no matter what. But they would just be out. They're like, how could Ronald Reagan do that? He's ignoring the president. He's a former president, yes, but he's ignoring the president. And yet the media is silent when it comes to Biden and Obama. Answer me why. Why is that? So here is the other thing I wanted to bring up to you. Obama said shortly after he left office, I think, this was 2017 or 2016, one of the two, he was giving, he was giving an interview and he said the following. And this, this will segue into what a lot of people think is going on with the current administration. Check this clip out from Obama. What you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec, a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm -hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony, wow. I, I'd be fine with that. He'd be fine with that? He would be fine with that. Folks, oh my gosh, this is exactly what a lot of people think is happening right now. This proves 
what so many people think is happening with Biden. Biden is not the president. I don't care what you think happened in the 2020 election. I said this back in the summer of 2020 during the debates, during everything that was going on. I said that Biden will never be president. He may win the election, but his mental capacity is gone and he will never be capable of being president. I told you folks, so don't doubt me on that. I didn't say it on the podcast. I said it on Facebook. And I didn't really get too much of a response, but I said it. I firmly called this. And so many others did also. So many others. Rush called it. Hannity called it. Uh, Clay and Travis probably called it on their separate little shows before they became Clay and Buck um, taking over after Rush. But... Folks, this is what I'm telling you. Biden is not the president. Kamala Harris can't even keep anybody, so she's not capable of being president. She's not even capable of being vice president. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I just saw the clock. I got to take a quick break, and we'll be back after this. Hi, welcome back to the EIP Network. <laughs> what do you think, folks? What do you think? Should I should I uh, start dubbing this podcast on the EIP Network, the Excellence in Podcasting Network? <laughs> you know, Rush always called his show on the EIB Network, Excellence in Broadcasting Network. I thought I could spin that a little bit and call the Snowman Podcast on the EIP Network, the Excellence in Podcasting Network. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I might put a like a poll on social. I just see what see what people think. Should I consider using that as a moniker? I, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see. But um, it's it's kind of fun. I, I I love imitating Rush in so many different ways. Um, but let's resume. Back to our discussion of President Plugs Biden. Did you see his latest approval ratings? This is just at the end of April. This is from Newsweek and is written by Darren Roche. I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. Um, but the headline, Joe Biden's approval rating falls further as GOP opens up huge lead. And they begin with, quote, President Joe Biden's approval rating has continued to fall as Republicans opened up a huge lead over Democrats in the upcoming midterm elections, according to a new poll. A poll from The Federalist that was conducted by Susquehanna Polling and Research Incorporated found that the president's approval rating now stands at just 39%. A total of 54% of respondents said they disapproved of Biden. The same poll in February showed the president's approval at 42% and disapproval at 52%. End quote. So what does that tell you? That tells you that he is dropping his support like crazy. Like I said, every single day, Biden gets worse. It's a joke. Every single day, he opens his mouth, it gets worse for him. His staff 
hates when he talks about anything. And to prove that, I want to read to you another article. And this is from the Daily Wire. And it was written on April 18th. This is the week after Easter. And it was written by Virginia Kruta. I hope, again, I am pronouncing that correctly. But headline, who's inside the bunny suit? The big reveal explains why the Easter bunny wouldn't let Joe Biden go off script. No fooling on this, folks. This is not... <laughs> this is not a joke. This is not a joke, but it's such a joke. Quote, Spidey senses everywhere were tingling when President Joe Biden, greeting the crowd at the annual White House Easter egg roll, was quickly spirited away by none other than the Easter Bunny the minute serious foreign policy questions arose. At first glance, Biden appeared to simply wander over and greet some spectators, only to be approached by the Easter Bunny and guided back away from the gathered crowd. But a closer look from a different angle revealed that Biden was talking foreign policy when the giant costume rabbit intervened. And that was when people began asking in earnest who was in the bunny suit. Quote, gotta know who was in the bunny suit, end quote, Abigail Marone, press secretary for Senator Josh Hawley tweeted. End quote. And that was just everybody except the left. The left were surprisingly quiet on this. Now, if this was happening to Trump or any Republican president, I would be asking the same questions. It is not about party lines on this. This is about the office of the presidency of the United States. You have to be mentally fit to hold that office. You are the most powerful person in the world when you hold that office. When you speak, people in other countries should jump. If you put your foot down, people should jump. They'd be like, okay, we don't want to piss off the Americans. Because if we piss them off, oh man, we're going to have hell to pay. Or at least that's what it should be. I'm not saying we need to be a fear monger. I'm saying that what our country started was on the basis of freedom. And we are trying every way we can to guarantee the rest of the world can have the same opportunities that Americans have in their own countries. So the president is the spokesperson for our country, more or less. He talks with foreign diplomats all the time. He has to be mentally fit on every single level. And Joe Biden is not mentally fit. And anyone who says that he is, is a liar. And I have no qualms saying that to someone's face. If you were to tell me that Joe Biden is perfectly fit for holding this office, I will call you a liar. Now, I do not want to be rude about it, but I will flat out call you a liar if you believe that. Interesting fact. Did you know this about Biden? He's had two brain aneurysms. Did you know that? I didn't know that at first. I knew that probably, I'd say, sometime, I think Rush brought it up. Or maybe I read it somewhere. But Biden has had two brain aneurysms. Now, it appeared at the time that he recovered fully from them. I think he did recover to keep 
doing his lame duck job as a paid employee of the state who has never worked an honest job in his life, despite his some of his more recent claims. He claimed he was a professor at a college for four years. I've been on a lot of university campuses. Matter of fact, for four years, I was a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. That's 100% a lie. You know, sometimes I do wonder, does he even hear himself when he says some of this crap? I mean, that was a complete and total lie. I believe in, now maybe I'm wrong, but I believe he still thinks we live in a time when people couldn't just go to the internet and Google something. I truly do. I mean, look look at what he says half the time. It's all nonsense. But he thinks that he can just get away with it because no one has a, the ability to research. Well, buddy, I got news for you. Everyone can research anything with a snap of a finger. And he is still living in the past. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's uh, that's just my take on it. But anyway, he's had two brain aneurysms, and I fully believe that they have compromised his cognitive ability. And millions of other Americans do as well. And every single day, that list grows higher. Every once in a while, he'll have a good day. He'll have a decent response. But nine times out of ten, or nine and a half times out of ten, it's not good. Whenever he is going off script, or like Trump was able to go off script all the time, but was able to weave his way back onto the highway, more or less, of the of the speech. Biden goes off script, and he goes off into a ravine, and crashes, and burns, and there's nothing left afterwards. It It's, it's bad. And all you got to do is look up Joe Biden gaffes on YouTube, on whatever site you watch. Even some of his supporters are like, what? What What was that? I can't follow it. I don't understand it. Do you even understand what you might be doing? No. The answer is to all of that. But when the Easter Bunny stops him from talking about foreign policy with the press, come on, folks. It's not that hard to put two and two together that he's not in charge. If he was in charge, he would have shoved the Easter Bunny out of his way and continued talking about whatever he was talking. In his case, in his current state right now, he would have shoved and he would have fallen backwards. Not the Easter Bunny. I'm just saying. He's he's a feeble old man who should be in retirement, enjoying spending time with his grandkids, as opposed to running the country. He is not fit. And here is a great example of this. And this is... Back during the 1984 presidential campaign, again, featuring Ronald Reagan. And this question that was posed was the turning point for Walter Mondale's campaign. He was the Democrat nominee. And he was debating Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan had a terrible first debate. And so this moderator asked him the following. Check this clip out. And... After I talk about that for a few minutes, I'll play the whole clip in its entirety. But check out the, what the question is. 
you already are the oldest president in history, and some of your staff say you were tired after your most recent encounter with Mr. Mondale. I recall yet that President Kennedy had to go for days on end with very little sleep during the Cuba Missile Crisis. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? I have never heard a single moderator ask a question like this in all the years I've watched debates. Not once. Now, when they were talking to Trump, they were talking about his physical health, not so much his mental health. But back in 2012, they didn't really have to worry about it too much because it was between Romney and Obama, and both those guys weren't to the point of age where it was like, uh, what's going on? Why aren't you answering the question? Um, no, that, it, it never was brought up. When Trump ran against Hillary, or Hillary, <laughs> I, heard, I heard a caller call that in on Rush, and he cracked up, and I laughed just as hard. But between Trump and Hillary, um, they... They were just pounding on him because he was a bigger guy. Then comes along the debates between Trump and Biden. And I so wish that this type of question had been brought up because even during the Democratic primary debates, Biden was compromised so many times. So many times. He would say something just out of nowhere. So he should have been... Checked then, when he got to the debates with Trump, Trump would be the one calling him out. Now, the first debate, everyone agrees Trump was a little off the rails. But he was... Think about it, folks. And I, I won't talk too much about Trump in this podcast, but think about it. During that first debate, Trump had just come off five years. Five years! of the media destroying every single thing he would say. If he did something positive, they would still find a way to just run him through the mud. So he was at his wit's end, I believe. And he was wondering, why are people even considering voting for anyone else but me? I've done so much good for the country despite everything. But all people saw was there was a way for Trump to lose. And that's what they wanted. They didn't care about what was going to happen under Biden. But I guarantee you this. If they knew that within 15 months, gas prices would be over $2 higher than when they were on Trump left office. That food shelves would be empty. That baby formula would be hard to get in many states. That just everyday needs would be impossible to get. I know people would have said, screw Biden, I'm sticking with Trump. I don't like him half the time. I could despise him the other 50% of the time. But he made sure that I had anything I needed. From gas to food to clothing to anything. I didn't have to pay an arm and a leg. The very same things we buy today cost so much less under Trump. The question is, who will you vote for in November? Now, this is midterm year, so it's not going to be a presidential run. But Biden is saying, oh, I'm going to run for re-election. Bull crap. He ain't got a leg to stand on. He's up the creek. He don't have a boat. He don't have a paddle. He don't even have a creek.
<laughs> oh, I love that line. That's an old Hogan's Heroes line. Um, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not kidding on that, folks. Biden is up the creek. He has beached his ship and then decided to dynamite it, and then he's gonna sail across the ocean on a piece of two by two without any danger. That's what he, that he is that deluded. Now I did want to share with you the rest of that clip of when the moderator asked if Ronald Reagan had any doubt in his mind, if he would be able to hold up to the pressures of the office during strenuous times. Here is Reagan's answer. I'll play you the last few seconds of the interviewee's question and then Ronald Reagan's answer. And folks, Biden could never say what Ronald Reagan said because he couldn't think of that. Here's that clip. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? Not at all, Mr. Truitt, and I, and I want you to know that also I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs> But enough of talking about plugs for now. Now we are going to move on to the vice president, Kamala Kami Harris. I hope it's worth the noise. Yes, folks, we are now going to shift to discussing Kami Harris, everyone's favorite vice president everyone who prayed and dreamed of a female vice president they asked for it they got it and boy did they get it she is a complete and total failure now some out there are immediately saying you're a sexist how dare you say that you can't say that about the first female vice president Folks, I can and I will. And it ain't just me who is saying that. She is the worst vice president probably in the history of vice presidents. And there is a lot more vice presidents than there have been presidents. You know why? Because a lot of them suck. Handful are okay. Most of them, eh. And then there is those that just plain suck and she is the bottom of the barrel not even biden likes her biden hates her as much as anyone else does but we'll not talk about that right now we're just going to talk about her approval ratings so biden's approval ratings are in the dumps she is in the dumpster below him not next to him below him that's how bad her numbers are Back in November of 2021, this article came out on the Daily Journal and is written by Staff Reports. That's all it has as the author. But the headline, another viewpoint, Harris's approval rating plummet. And it starts off with, quote, Vice President Kamala Harris' approval rating has plummeted to 28% according to a new Suffolk University slash USA Today poll. 
That is lower than her four predecessors in their first years. It is also lower than the approval rating for President Joe Biden, who sits at 38%, and former President Donald Trump as he was leaving office in January when he was polling around 41%. Despite the best efforts of the Democratic political machine, calling attention as much as possible to the demographically historic nature of her vice presidency, her year as Veep has been nothing short of a dud. End quote. And that is all you need to know. I mean, folks, it's one thing when vice presidents try to say something and it comes off wrong. She says something and people are immediately fact-checking it as a lie. And like I said, no one likes her. When she was doing this great big, oh, we're going to go to space, and they, she brought in a whole bunch of kids. They were paid child actors. They got paid to do that video. That's how much people don't like her. On her own side. In her own staff. That's how bad it is for Kami right now. And you think that's bad? She cannot seem to keep a single staffer employed. Now, every administration, the first year, a lot of people leave. In the president's staff, in the vice president's staff, that doesn't get as much headlines. Because the vice president, once they take office, they, they, they have their jobs and that's about it. She's in the headlines all the time because her staff keeps leaving. Her staff is like, I'm out of here. That's, I mean, just recently, just recently, at the end of April, Kamala Harris's chief of staff, Tina Flournay, is most senior staffer to quit during 12-person exodus. That is the headline from the New York Post. And that was from April 1st of this year. So, this is nothing new. Like, another 12 staffers leave? Are you kidding me? What is she doing that is making every single one of her staffers say, Sayonara, I'm out of here. So, <laughs> I'd be deeply concerned, but here's the thing. We have put ourselves in a position where no one can criticize anyone based on their work ethic. It is only based on if it's a woman, you cannot say anything mean because then you're a sexist. If that person is black or Hispanic, you cannot say anything mean because then you are being a racist. But you can say whatever the heck you want if it's a white person. A white, straight, conservative male, all have at it. You can tear them upside down, left and right. But if it's Anyone, doesn't matter what their political opinions are. If it is anyone who is a so-called minority or a woman, oh my gosh, you cannot say anything. And that is a problem. It used to be judge them by their work ethic and then see if they should either get promoted or demoted. Or flat out fired. Now, not so much. Because people will just go and sue. People will protest. People, people have become gutless cowards when it comes to this. And that's a shame. And from all that I know about Kami Harris, 
and the fact that no one likes her, it's actually kind of a surprise that she has not resigned yet herself. And I've, I think I heard last year, maybe late last year, she's not happy in the vice presidency role. I mean, do you remember during the debates she called Biden a racist? Then she's like, it was a debate. I'm laughing and mucking it up with the rest of them. And yet she realized that as soon as she became vice president, she couldn't do a thing in the Senate except break tie votes. She couldn't have the floor. She couldn't say a bunch of nonsense that she was used to. She has failed upward every single position in her career. Do you know what fail upward means? It means she either got fired or resigned or something. And then the next thing you know, she's in a higher position of authority. She was the California state attorney, I believe. And then she became the senator. And then she became the vice president. That's pretty remarkable considering she has a lousy track record. So that's what I mean by failing upward. I don't know who dubbed it that way. I've heard it over the years of listening to talk radio. And it, um, I'll never get tired of doing that. But it is just remarkable. And listen to a few of her speeches. Portions of her speech. Listen to a handful of these clips of her just talking about random things. And you will see, and it's not just from me splicing sounds together, because I'm not. I am literally just putting up sound clips that I have found, and I have heard, and literally shook my head and said, what? So, listen to these handful of clips, and uh, that... It, it's a lost cause with her, I'm sorry to say, but it is a lost cause with Kami Harris. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. Space is exciting. It spurs our imaginations. And it forces us to ask big questions. Space, it affects us all. And it connects us all. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. <laughs> I think Matt Foley said it best right there, don't you? <laughs> All right, folks. We'll take a quick break and we will be back after this. Don't go away. Welcome back to the program, folks. That's a bit of a different theme, isn't it? You know, that's actually from an old movie studio's intro, celebrating its 60th anniversary. Unfortunately, that studio is no longer in business. 
But that theme has always stuck with me, and I wanted to use that as part of my bumper rotation. And so I tried actually finding what the music actually was, and I couldn't find it. So I'm assuming it was an original for it, but it was on an old VHS tape when I first heard that. And I just wanted to share it with you. But folks, I did have one last story about Biden I wanted to share with you before we get to the two biggest topics that are happening in the country today, which is Disney and the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I don't know all the details about the latter, but we will be discussing it nonetheless. So, the story I wanted to share with you is not so much about Biden as it is about his son, Hunter. Oh, that pains me to have to say Hunter Biden, just because I shared the same first name. Uh, Now, folks, I'm going to be calling out some Republicans on this, and I hope people will at least give it a listen. Whether or not you agree, that's up to you. But Hunter Biden, for a majority of his life, has been a do-nothing, pathetic loser. And he was addicted to drugs. He was addicted to crack cocaine. He did a lot of stupid, idiotic stuff in his life. And I'm not going to discount any of that. But the man has been trying to get clean and has been sober for a couple of years now. And this is where I'm going to be calling out Republicans. How would you like to be constantly, constantly reminded of your failures? Not as your political failures. Not as your decisions regarding other people's lives just regarding your own life how would you like that to be non-stop talked about you you would hate it and the simple fact that hunter biden has remained silent on that i have to give him props the man is trying to be sober he's trying to turn his life around At least that's what we think. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And all they want to talk about is the fact that show pictures of him snorting crack cocaine or smoking cocaine. Um, It that saddens me, folks. It shouldn't be like that. I would hate for someone to constantly remind me of my failures. So. Have a little grace. I'm not... Now, I I will have to say this. If it was Trump's kids, if it was Don Jr. or Eric Trump who were dealing with this, you can guarantee that the Democrats would be talking about it day and night, 24-7, 365. Guarantee. So that is why I think a lot of Republicans and um, Trump supporters love to talk about Biden's son in that way. And to some extent, they maybe have some credibility to that, but to only talk about his failures, come on, to quote Biden, come on, man. It, it is sad 
that we just nitpick at people. That, that should not be us. We should be better than that. Yes, he deserves criticism. But when a man is trying to get clean, he's sober, he's trying to turn his life around at long last, you should be applauding him for that, for gosh sakes. Come on, people. Think about it. I'm not defending Hunter Biden in any way. He's a jackass half the time. But he did leave a laptop in a Delaware repair shop proving that Biden was up to no good. His father, not him. I mean, he was, he was a whatever. But I just want you to think about that. Stop beating down on Hunter Biden. Stop posting pictures of him high as a kite or drugged out of his mind every single day. Just think about it for a, a few minutes. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what else to say, folks. Uh, we'll, we'll take a break and we'll be back after this. Alright folks, now we come to the story that I have been wanting to talk about for quite some time, and that is the Disney story. Now unfortunately, so much time has passed since the story broke that it has more or less become irrelevant, but I feel that it is still important to talk about, despite that the news broke about a month and a half ago roughly. But I still feel the need to talk about it and share my views on it with you because I'm going to be doing some reviews on it in a way that a lot of conservatives are not considering as well as a lot of liberals are not considering. I'm going to be calling out both sides on this topic and I regret that it has taken me so long to get to this but as I am the researcher editor and recorder of this podcast all on my own, and I also sweep out the place. <laughs> it sometimes takes a while for me to get to and publish these podcasts, and I regret that it has taken me so long to get this one out to you, but I wanted to make sure I had all the research done, I had all the sound clips I wanted, and that took some time, so here we are, we're going to get right into it. So this all started over a bill that the Florida legislature produced, and it was the Parental Rights Act that was just a normal bill in the House, but somehow it became this monumental rigmarole it became the top news story of every single news organization, both right and left of the aisle. And it became the topic of every single person's conversations amongst themselves, including my own circle. And it was just so bonkers that that's how it became. 
And it was a sad story. It was a depressing story. And then it became an outrageous story. So uh, I want to first share with you what is in this Florida legislation bill. And the best way I can think of sharing it with you is actually reading to you portions of the bill itself. So in a nutshell, this is from FloridaSenate.gov, House Bill 1557. And I'm going to read a small portion of what the synopsis of this bill is. And really, there should be no controversy over this bill. And this is one of the things that I'm going to be calling out the Democrats for. Um, but this bill is one of the most sane bills that should never have even had to come into law. But the way our country is in such turmoil these days and how some people say right is wrong and wrong is right, it unfortunately had to become a law and had to be passed. Um, I regret that it even had to be brought up in this manner, but it did. So let me go ahead and read to you what this bill is. So this is House Bill 1557, Parental Rights in Education. Parental rights in education requires district school boards to adopt procedures that comport with certain provisions of law for notifying students parent of specified information requires such procedures to reinforce fundamental rights of parents to make decisions regarding upbringing and control of their children. Prohibits school districts from adopting procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying parent about specified information or that encourage student to withhold from parent such information. Prohibits school district personnel from discouraging or prohibiting parental notification and involvement in critical decisions affecting students' mental, emotional, or physical well-being. Prohibits classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in certain grade levels. Requires school districts to notify parents of health care services. Authorizes parents to bring action against school district to obtain declaratory judgment. Provides for additional award of injunctive relief, damages, and reasonable attorney fees and court costs to certain parents, etc., etc., etc. So, that's the bill in a nutshell. And all this bill really does is say you cannot talk about gender identity from kindergarten to third grade. Let me rephrase that. You cannot talk about gender identity, sexual orientation for kindergartners to third graders. I'm leaving a pause there for a reason. For people who think it's okay to talk about sexual orientation or gender identity to kindergartners through third graders. That makes that person, I don't care what their position is, that makes that person a pervert and a pedophile. There is no other way to say it. If anyone tried doing that 20 years ago, they would be kicked out and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And now they're trying to make this be the most egregious civil rights violation of all time. And that is a load of bunk. So this all became a controversy because the media decided to twist the wording of the bill, which is what they do best, and say that the bill says you cannot say the word gay. Now, 
I just read you the text of that bill, more or less. And not once did it say, don't say gay. Not once. But somehow the media got their hooks into it, and they twisted it all around. And all these Hollywood dimwits who call themselves celebrities, they are nothing short of dimwits because they didn't even bother to do what I just did, which is go to the Florida Senate website and look it up and read it for themselves. Not one of them did that. That's how stupid Hollywood celebrities have become. I know I just went on a little tangent there, but it had to be said. And they couldn't do exactly what I just did. And all of these people are just jumping on what the media said is saying, don't say gay. Has nothing to do with that. All it has to do is saying, don't teach children, kindergartners to third graders, about sexual orientation or gender identity. It's not needed, and it most definitely should not be talked about under any circumstances with children of that age. So... As you can see, I'm a little fired up over this one, folks, <laughs> which is why I wanted to talk about it. So it, it became the topic of everyone's conversations, as I just said a couple of moments ago. And a lot of parents didn't even know this was going on. You had children coming home from school, getting into their parents' car in tears after their parents asked them, how was your day? And they were told, my teacher doesn't want me to say anything. Well, folks, I don't know too much about the public school system because I was never in it. And I don't have kids of my own. But from what I heard, because I listened to a lot of talk radio and a lot of parents were calling in to the hosts I listened to. And all these parents were like, okay, what's going on? You can talk to me about anything. And then the kids would just talk about it. And this is across the country. This is not just Florida. This is in California. This is in Texas. This is in every single state of the union. Unfortunately. But the kids would start telling what their teachers had told them not to tell their parents. And the parents got righteously outraged. And I say righteously because they had every right to be outraged over what the teachers were saying that they were not supposed to be telling their parents. They were righteously outraged because the teachers were telling the kids not to tell their parents that they were seeing gender identity um, documentaries, gender dysphoria, whatever you want to call it. All of this bullcrap that they are feeding your children. And then it just spiraled out of control. All the Democrats were willing to say and defame this bill saying it says don't say gay and that's all it is and that's a, just, just a slander. And that, that has nothing to do with it. And so they started going after all the big outlets of entertainment. And thus we come to Disney. Now, before we get into Disney, I also want to say that before this bill became the headlines that it was, DeSantis didn't even know about it. And then some reporter just brought it up to him. And so he did some research and he's like, wait a minute, this bill is great. We're going to defend this bill and I'm going to sign it into law as soon as it gets passed. And so we come to Disney. 
Now, Disney has unfortunately been drifting more and more to the left for quite some time. Oh, no. In more ways than one, politically, I feel like they're power-hungry. They bought out Lucasfilm about eight or nine years ago. They bought out 20th Century Fox. They are trying to take over every single major movie studio that was their competitors back in the day. I don't know why exactly, but they have been. And a lot of their content, it's just gone downhill. But we'll, we'll get back into that in a few minutes. So, Disney decided to side with the media and the Democrats and say that the, all the bill says is don't say gay and we are not going to and we are not going to defend or support that bill. And DeSantis was like, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll meet with you. We'll, we'll talk this out. And he did. He met with them and they still decided to stick to their guns and defame the bill and then say, we're going to teach kids in our entertainment about this. Now, you may think I'm just putting words into people's mouths. I'm not. I will play for you some clips of how insane the Disney corporate head offices have become. And it's frightening. And I'll tell you what, if these people knew one particular thing about Disney, I'll bet you that at first they would say, we need to change the name of Disney and or that they would not even work for Disney in the first place. So they have literally got all different walks of life. Now that is kind of like the political correct way of saying it, but that's the only way I can think of saying it without making me feel sick to my stomach, okay? Men and women and a lot of people who are confused about who they are now. Like I said, they decided to say, well, no, we're going to still put this into our entertainment format for young children. And another way they've been going woke is a lot of people seem to have an issue with the 1953 film. So almost 70 years ago, Peter Pan, the cartoon, because it depicts the Native Americans or as in the movie, they're called engines, as not in the nicest way. Folks, come on. It's a funny movie. It's a cartoon. They don't make the pirates any better. They're all made to look stupid for a reason. To make kids laugh. That's it. But now people are so outraged over the dumbest things that they shouldn't be outraged over and then not outraged over the things that they should be outraged over. Like I said, right is wrong and wrong is right. That is what it has become. So that that's just another example of what they have been doing. So here are three different people who are in charge of entertainment distributions at Disney, either through TV, streaming, the parks, or just overall making decisions. And these people are just out of their minds. So the first clip 
is from Disney executive producer Latoya Ravenel. Here is what she had to say. All that like momentum that I felt like that sense of I don't have to be afraid to like let's have these two characters kiss let's in the background this like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like the, if you see anything queer in the show I'm proud of but like I, I just was like no one would stop me you idiot eh, what inserting queerness into everything she could what is wrong with that woman but it gets worse. Here now is Disney Diversity and Inclusion Manager Vivian Ware talking about the theme parks. We no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained, we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. We, we are in the process of changing over those those recorded messages, and so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the Magic Kingdom. We no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we say dreamers of all ages. Uh, why? What in the world is wrong with saying ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? I mean, even for the wackadoodles who think they're a different gender, aren't they still trying to be a man or a woman? Oh my gosh. But, like I said, it gets worse. And finally, we hear from the Disney corporate president, Carrie Burke. I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually, um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and, and also as a leader. One of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I and I and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. And 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 yet we don't have enough leads. Oh, no, not there, stupid. See what I mean? Did you catch something in there? The LGBTQ. I a their alphabet is growing. They're going to literally take over every single letter in the alphabet and then get mad that there isn't enough letters. That's where they're going. Once you just give them a nibble, they are going to take the whole fish. I'm telling you folks, don't doubt me. Do not doubt me. They are not going to stop at anything. They are going to go whole hog on this. That's how perverted they are. And you heard the Disney corporate president say, we don't have enough queer leads. So we are eventually, this isn't in the clip, but we are eventually going to have more than half of every single movie's characters be queer or gay or trans or whatever you want to call it. That's where they're going with this. And this has every single family outraged who know anything about it. And unfortunately, a lot of families don't even care that this is going on. They just think of Disney as, oh, it's Disney. I want to go there. I want to go to Disney World. Folks, th this is where I am agreeing with some conservatives saying, do not go to Disney anymore. Until they get their brains sorted out, I'm never going to go visit Disney. I've wanted to visit Disney for years. I'm not going to visit Disney as long as they are preaching this nonsense and this stupid propaganda. 
You ain't going to find me there. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, this caused outrage. And, and a lot of families were like, that's it. I'm done. I'm canceling my trip to Disney. I am canceling my membership to Disney. I'm canceling Disney+. Plus. I am done with Disney once and for all. Or saying until, like I just said, until they get this figured out, I'm done. I'm not. I'm never visiting Disney again. And enough people started doing it that Disney started feeling it in their pocketbooks. And as soon as big organizations start feeling it in their pocketbooks, they have a change of heart or a change of speech, more or less. They are like, whoa, 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 <laughs> oops. And we'll talk about all the financial hurt they're having right now. And also talk about why I'm calling out Democrats and Republicans, which we'll do right after this. Don't go away. saying before the break folks if the consumer hits the corporation in the pocketbook they shut their mouths about politics because the average person doesn't want to hear that from their entertainment so to speak they understand that it happens in movies at times and they always understand it happens in dc and in every single capital of every state but they don't want to hear about it in their entertainment they don't want to hear about it in sports that's why you have seen outrage whenever the nfl goes nuts that's why you see outrage whenever mlb goes nuts and tries to insert political mumbo jumbo into their daily broadcasting because people use those outlets to escape from the daily grind of life they want to just sit back and relax and enjoy stuff without being preached to about anything. They just want to watch a game or watch a movie and enjoy it. But so many times people are like, no, you have to be miserable like me. That's what the left is. They want you to be miserable. And like I said, you hit them in their pocketbooks, they shut up. And that's what Disney has done. You've not heard a peep out of Disney in the last few weeks because DeSantis fought back. And boy, did he fight back. Uh, let me read to you this article. This article is from an Australian newspaper called Sky News, and you can find it at skynews.com. And the headline is, They don't run this state. DeSantis blasts Disney over Florida bill response. This was published on March 30th, 2022. And the article begins, quote, Ron DeSantis has slammed Disney for its fundamentally dishonest response after the Florida governor signed the controversial Parents' Rights and Education Bill into law. Mr. DeSantis signed the act into law on Monday. The act includes the requirement for school districts to reinforce the fundamental rights of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children in a specified manner. The Walt Disney Company has vowed to aid organizations to repeal the legislation, widely reported as the Don't Say Gay Bill. In a statement released on Monday, the entertainment and media conglomerate condemned the act and said it was standing up for its LGBTQ plus members in Disney and across the country. Mr. DeSantis accused the company of having crossed the line in its response. 
This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida, Mr. DeSantis said at a media conference on Tuesday. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. They do not run the state and they do not control this state. End quote. End of article. So, like I said, DeSantis fought back and he went further. When the Disney kept pushing, they're like, no, you are, we're going to start teaching all this stuff in all of our media from now on. DeSantis stripped Disney of its 55-year-old special tax and land privileges in answer to them pushing to still try to control it. This is the first governor that I know of who actually fought back and won against the mob. He fought back tooth and nail. He gave them a left hook and then a right hook and then double-barreled slammed them in the chest. And they were like, wait, 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 you can't do that to us. We're Disney. So, and all it is, all this is, folks, is they are just mad that parents are still being allowed to control their children. Have you ever watched, I know a lot of people out there are on TikTok. And I hate that application so bad. So bad. It's so full of ugh, disgusting stuff. It's got some entertaining stuff, I'll grant you. Oh my gosh, is it full of garbage. And why I say that is because there are so many teachers out there just explaining how they live their lives and saying, we're going to teach this to our children in the classroom. And uh, wait, 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 what? No, you're not. You're not going to be teaching children about how you're gay or you're bisexual or anything like that you have no right to talk about that but they're out there thinking that they can do no wrong because all they would have to do is tell the principal or the school board who would object to them you're being transphobic you're being homophobic you're being any type of phobic and the school board would shut up unfortunately the school boards have been agreeing with some of these teachers and advocating and pushing this in the school systems and that's why all of last year and into this year you saw parents outraged to the hilt with some of the content they found out their schools were teaching to their children and that brings me to one more thing i want to say to any teacher who may be listening who is on the left and demanding they are allowed to teach whatever they want to the children. So, there's an old John Wayne movie called Chisholm. And it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in regards to this type of situation. He is a man who doesn't want to fight unless he has no choice. And he's lost his best friend. And all he wants is peace and quiet, but the bad guys keep pushing and pushing and pushing till he's in a corner, more or less. And then he's face-to-face with the bad guy. And I feel like this movie was one of Duke's better performances. And it also was, I think, him saying, I'm not going to put up with this nonsense anymore. You cross a line, you're going to have to deal with me. Check this clip out from when the cattle baron has basically said, 
You've gotten everything you want. I'm just getting here. I'm just getting started. What are you going to do about it? Check what he has to say. And then I will explain why I consider it similar to all the teachers and my response to that. Well, I don't favor talking to vermin, but I'll talk to you just this once. You're not just getting started. The line's been drawn. What Billy did balanced the book so far. But if one of your men cross my land or even touch one of my cows or do anything to that store, I'm not going to the sheriff, the governor, or the president of the United States. I'm coming to see you. Mr. Chisholm, that sounds like a threat. Wrong word. Fact. The last sentence that Duke said is what I'm going for. And it's been one of my favorite lines in the last two to three years. And I've only watched the movie a couple of times in the last five, six years. But that scene has always stuck out to me. And this is what I want to say to any and all teachers listening, and I hope you are, that if I am blessed to have children one day, I don't know, that's up in God's hands right now, but if you were to say to my children, don't tell your parents this, I know what's best for you, not your parents. We're going to talk about gender identity, we're going to talk about uh, sexual orientation, John Wayne is going to be me. I'm not going to the sheriff, the governor, or the president of the United States. I'm coming to see you. And you can take it as a threat, but it ain't a threat. It's a fact. And that's what a lot of parents want to do. Because a lot of times law enforcement has their hands tied behind their backs due to politicians. Politicians are a bunch of morons. <sighs> Folks, that, that, that's just me. And I hope a lot of parents are, I know, I, I don't have to hope, I know a lot of parents feel the same way. And teachers, where do they get this bravado? That's what I want to know. Where do they get this gumption to be able to say that to kids? There's been a lot less fistfights over the last 50, 60 years. Maybe we need to bring some of those back. I'm not advocating violence. I'm advocating standing up to the mob. Woke teachers are part of the mob. And it's time we stand up to them. And a lot of parents have. COVID was one of the best things that could have happened for parents to see what teachers were doing to their children behind closed doors. And that's, that's it in a nutshell. A lot of parents woke up during COVID and saw how bad the schools had gotten, and they made their voices known. The school boards got freaked out, and every single time a parent started bringing up something that was worth bringing up, they muted them, or they sent police to stand by them to escort them out. That is a scare tactic. That's not being able to share your concerns. They weren't cussing them out. The parents weren't cussing the school board out. They wanted to. I know a lot of them did. But they weren't doing that. So, now, real quick, to finish this segment up, folks, Democrats, I don't know what's gotten into their dumb heads. They were actually defending the whole 
premise of don't say gay. We're going to be allowed to teach this to young children. Honestly, folks, honestly, folks, I want to know what possessed them to say, this is the hill we're going to die on. We're going to advocate for child pedophilia. What? Who in their right mind says that's a good idea? Who would say that to their children or their grandchildren in a lot of cases, considering how many of the Democrat Party are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s? And the same thing goes for Republicans. I'm not uh, letting them off the hook. But so many of the heads of the Democrat Party are in their 80s. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine to talk about with my grandkids. How stupid can people get? How senile? That's what I want to know. And I was trying to find a way to more or less insult the Democrat Party without insulting them. And I found it. You ever look at what the Democrat slogan is? It's a donkey, otherwise known as a jackass. And I was like, all right, perfect. Now I just got to find an audio clip to insult the Democrats without insulting the Democrats by just saying something about a jackass. And I found it. So this is what I want to just say to every Democrat in office these days. You suck, you jackass. Now, like I said, I'm calling out Republicans as well. And I would be amiss if I didn't go through with that. You know, I consider myself a Christian first, a conservative second, and a Republican third. The Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats half the time, if not more. They're a bunch of power-hungry, greedy, no-goods with a handful of exceptions. They just happen to have a handful more of exceptions than the Democrats do. But there is this contingent of Republicans. They get outraged if one organization says something that they disagree with or one company says this, stands by this. It's It gets ridiculous. Now, should those corporations say those things? Eh. They're allowed to do whatever they want. They're allowed to feel the repercussions if they do. But they are a private company. They're not being ordered to say certain things. They sometimes choose to say certain things, and a lot of times they regret it, and other times they just stand by it and people still buy their product. I'm more of the latter. I still tend to buy companies that I totally disagree with their politics. I still buy their products, like Starbucks, Ben & Jerry's, and those are two of the corporations that conservatives got outraged. We're never going to buy anything from Starbucks or, or, or Target or Ben & Jerry's ever again. We are done. We are never going to buy them. And I'm like, seriously, people? Oh, come on. And a lot of people decided to do that with Disney. And I'm not going to advocate for people to outright cut Disney out. For a couple of reasons. One, if you do that, you are eliminating so much good that that company has done for your family and for your parents' family back when they were kids. Disney has been around since the 20s, the 1920s. So look at all the good they did for upwards of 85, 90 years. And you're just going to throw that away? 
Give me a break. So I wanted to find a way to insult those Republicans. And I found it. <laughs> Again, using only their slogan, which is an elephant. And I found this clip by Yosemite Sam, and it is just beautiful. So after that, I, I wanted to say one more last thing, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll go ahead and wrap it up. This is what I sometimes think about Republicans, and I will let Yosemite Sam say it. You stupid pachyderm. I mean, that, that, that's just how I feel sometimes, folks. When Republicans go on these boycott tangents, I'm like, give me a break. One of these days, you're going to find yourself buying something from them. Either willingly or unwillingly, you're going to find yourself buying something. You're going to be like, oh, I really do want that. Oh, it's from that company. I'll still buy it. I'm not out for boycotting everything entirely. There are some things I will, but... Nothing like that. And one thing I touched on at the beginning very briefly was if all of these woke Disney employees knew something about Disney, I don't know if they would work for him or if they would demand that the name be changed. Because how many of you have seen the movie Old Yeller? I'm sure almost every single one of you have. If not, maybe you've seen Swiss Family Robinson, but the actor Tommy Kirk who played Travis, or in Swiss Family Robinson played Ernst. How many of you know this, that he was gay? And at one point, he was caught fooling around with a young boy in the pool, in the typical manner that is what I mean by fooling around. I'm saying that deliberately because I don't know if you may have kids listening, so I'm trying to be as courteous as I can, but you know what I mean. Walt Disney brought him in to his office and personally fired him for that reason. Personally fired him. This was right after the movie Savage Sam, and that was the sequel to Old Yeller. Walt Disney personally fired him for his actions. Nowadays, that would be, that's it, Walt Disney's canceled. And I wonder how many of those people actually know about it. Tommy Kirk had no ill will towards Disney. He was uh, still, I think, um, later in life credited as a uh, Disney legend um, because of his work for Disney. He understood the reasoning. Back then, it was frowned upon very heavily. In my opinion, it should still be frowned upon very heavily. But like I said also at the beginning, right is wrong and wrong is right. But another thing I want to say is if you deliberately cut out Disney, how many movies are you going to have to throw away? Because you always loved all the Disney movies, all the old classic cartoons. A lot of people have forgotten that Walt Disney was an American patriot also. Some people like throwing out things that I've not been able to confirm. Like saying, oh, maybe he was a Nazi. I, <laughs> that, that, uh, mm. I've done research on that, folks, and I have not found one shred of evidence to support that claim. He may have had some different views, but he was an American patriot. And one thing that he did that I don't think any other movie studio did as well back in that time was he brought the American frontier hero back to life. 
his greatest saga was the Davy Crockett saga. And I want to play for you a quick montage of a handful of his live action shows or movies that are just synonymous with Disney. But unfortunately, they have become almost forgotten and the Disney Corporation has aided in this because they do not publish these heroes anymore. They publish Davy Crockett because if it weren't for Davy Crockett, Disneyland would not have been built. That's how much income Davy Crockett brought to Walt Disney. He created shows like The Swamp Fox, who was an American patriot during the American Revolution. He created a show about El Figobaca, a Mexican-American in New Mexico who stood for law and order. He created uh, another show about Zorro, the greatest Spanish swordsman in Spanish folklore in California. All of these shows I grew up with. Now, I'm much younger than when these shows were on, but I still was able to watch them. Johnny Tremaine was one of his best movies about the American Revolution. I, I mean, there's so few good movies about the American Revolution. And Johnny Tremaine is one of them. <sighs> Old Yeller is a great movie. Are you just going to throw those away? I just want to play for you a montage that I created of these songs. It, it, it's only a couple of minutes, but folks, do yourself a favor. Go and find a way to watch Davy Crockett. Swamp Fox, El Figobaca, Texas John Slaughter, Zorro. And you know what one thing you will always find? Walt Disney personally introduced every episode of Davy Crockett, Swamp Fox, El Figobaca, and Texas John Slaughter. He introduced Zorro on their hour-long specials, but not during the TV show. So he was heavily involved with all of their creations. Did he take liberties? Sure. What, what movie studio didn't? But he made these movies great. He made these heroes alive again. And if you were to just throw that away, I feel sorry for you. So before you say I'm completely throwing away everything about Disney, think about your childhood and think about the movies you loved. Are you just going to deny your kids that also? Stay away from the new Disney crap. I'm right there with you. I've not watched hardly any new Disney movies in years. But I will always love to watch the classics. Peter Pan, Robin Hood, Jungle Book, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Alice in Wonderland, all of them. They're so good. They're so good. Do not throw those away. Here's that montage. Nobody knows where the smoke box at. Swamp 
and his nature was mild. And the legend was that, like Elgato the cat, nine lives had El Fago, El Gato. El Fago was wise and El Fago was strong. El Fago, El Gato, who made right from wrong, with a star on his chest, he was law in the West. Nine lives at El Fago, Baca. The seed in our homeland, boys, let it grow where all can see. Feed it with our devotion, boys, call it the Liberty Tree. It's a tall old tree and a strong old tree. And we are the sons, yes, we are the sons, the sons of liberty. Oh, 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 the fox so cunning and free. Well, folks, that's about all the time I think we have for today. I know this podcast was even longer than some of my longer podcasts, but but I really wanted to talk about those subjects. And once again, I do apologize for it taking so long to get out. These stories are almost ancient history now. That's how much our world changes in the blink of an eye. Real quick, though, there were a couple of stories that I didn't get a chance to get to, but I am going to hold those for the next Current Events episode, and I will try to get that done much sooner if possible and maybe try to get it out to you next month sometime. But there was one story I wanted to talk to you briefly about, and that was the Roe v. Wade decision. I don't know how it got leaked. I wish it hadn't been leaked because in the history of the Supreme Court, which is over 240 years in existence, a decision has never been leaked before. So there is a little history lesson for you. But if this decision stands and Roe v. Wade is overturned, it is a miracle. And it is a huge win for the pro-life movement. Now, for those of you who think that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, that abolishes abortion, you're mistaken. If you are unhappy that Roe v. Wade may be overturned, I pray for you. You have got some serious things confused in your head. Because abortion is nothing short of murder. And people have been lying about that for decades. But if Roe v. Wade is overturned, all it does is it returns the power of the decision over to the states. So if New York wants to keep abortions, they can keep it. But if Mississippi wants to overturn abortions and make it illegal, they can do that. It's a state-by-state decision, and that's what it should have been all along. And for every single woman out there listening who says a man cannot decide what happens to a woman's body, just remember this. It was seven men on the Supreme Court who made it into so-called law. Just remember that. And I'll talk about that in more detail because hopefully by the next time I do another Current Events episode, 
Roe v. Wade will be overturned and this country may just have a chance at redemption. It's a long uphill battle, but I fully believe that God allowed Donald Trump to become president to be able to put three justices on the Supreme Court and make it possible for Roe v. Wade to be overturned, giving the opportunity for those who have not been born a chance to live. And that will do it for this episode of the Snowman Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope it made you consider some of my opinions. If you disagree, you disagree. But I want you to use those resources that I provided and do your own research. Always do your own research. If you like this episode, please share it with your family and friends. Also, if you liked it, please leave a five-star review so it will make it easier for others to find it and enjoy it as well. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Reason.fm, and YouTube. Or, as I always say, just type in the Snowman Podcast to see an American flag with a snowman in the foreground. Till next time, this is Snowman, and I'll see you now here. What did the carpenter say when he finished building his house? Nailed it! I thought that was funny, but I laugh at everything. <laughs> <laughs>